WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 93, All About the Hobbit, Chapter 7, Queer Lodgings, being the 93rd part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined by writer and comedian Graham Teckler. Welcome, Graham. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on because listeners, this podcast, we are all huge fans um, of your comedic genius, which is um, Hobbit Milk. Thank you the, so much. That the is the very character nice to hear. of J.R.R. Tolkien. It's just so funny. <laughs> I really, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was messaging with um, Allie Gordon, actually, and I said, oh, do you have any recommendations for, you know, do you know anyone else who who likes Lord of the Rings and whatnot? And she said, oh, Graham well, would be really good to have on. You might have <laughs> oh, seen this so one funny. sketch. Yeah. <laughs> and I lost my mind because I it's just one of the funniest things in the world, and I constantly oh, thank you quote so much. it to myself. So. <laughs> So I'm I'm glad to hear that it it you know qualified me to have a you know a scholarly discussion. It's a very silly uh, bit, but I'm glad that it, it it registered as a oh good we should have him on to talk about you know dive into the text and really unpack the analysis. <laughs> of, of nah, the, uh, we don't have to get scholarly. I'm good, I'm good, as good. unscholarly as they come. So okay, phew, phew. <laughs> um. So listeners, if you're listening and you've never seen this sketch, do yourself a favor and go watch it right now. Because it's just, I think, such a, I've never met J.R.R. Tolkien, obviously, but I feel like that was super accurate to who who he would have been. So, Where's the Hobbit milk, Jacob? Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background in history with, with Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit and how you got into it? Sure. I mean, I the the uh, Peter Jackson movies came out at like the perfect moment. I think, you know, I was in like the first or second grade when the, when the first one came out. So I was the prime age for that to be like my thing for the next, you know, five solid years unbroken. Um, I grew my hair out real long, longer than I have it right now um, uh, because I was such a big Legolas uh, fan. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I was sort of just into any, like from that point on into any sort of um, token adjacent, stuff or adaptations like i was a big fan of the um uh the bbc uh audio drama of the lord of the rings which was extremely scary to me um and like was kind of uh something i listened to to freak myself out a little bit when i was a kid and then i also had a um like a a, a hobbit comic book uh, that I received for Easter that I was specifically told I was not allowed to bring uh, to church. And it was a really uh, big controversy in my in my family was that's hilarious. not that's appropriate amazing. to read my Hobbit comic uh, during the Easter service. Um, so, yeah, that didn't go over well with me. But so l- little things like that, where if there was ever, you know, like the Ralph Bakshi stuff, any any like version of Lord of the Rings, I, I love the books. But any adaptation specifically, I was diving into or listening to audiobooks or radio dramas or stuff like that. Um, so that's where I got started. But it definitely originated from seeing, you know, every Christmas going to see a new Lord of the Rings in theaters for three years and having mm-hmm. it be the, the big event of the year. 
Yeah, yeah. I um, I mean, granted, you know, if I had seen the movies when they came out, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. But, <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. But that is something that I I am sad that I missed out on that like cultural moment of of these movies coming out and going and sitting in a movie theater with everyone and watching. You know, I can't imagine what it would what it was like to watch Return of the King on the big screen and. The lighting of the beacons and it was awesome. It amazing. was it, it was um, it was also like, I don't know, it dovetailed perfectly with uh, the Harry Potter movies coming out at the exact same mm-hmm. time, you know, roughly around the exact same time. So it was just like if you were my age in 2001, 2002, 2003, every twice a year, the biggest thing that had yeah. ever happened happened again. And so it was total like cultural overload uh, overload if you were, you know so inclined. Um, and I definitely was. Yeah, definitely. Um, so today, listeners, we're here to talk about chapter, I oh, can't read Roman numerals, seven. We're getting to the point now of <laughs> of The Hobbit. I had this issue uh, reading Lord of the Rings too, where I'm like, I don't know what Roman numerals are. Um, this is chapter seven, queer lodgings. Love that use of the word queer. Tolkien loved it. Of course it, I mean, I mean, it still had similar connotations back then, but but it was very commonly used just to mean weird. Curious, a little odd, a little off the beaten path. Yeah. So not quite what you expect, you know, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so and and queer lodgings it is. I oh, yeah. I kind of lost my mind reading this chapter because I'm someone who I really liked Tom Bombadil and and his part in Fellowship. And this gave me a lot of Tom Bombadil vibes. Totally. Although it's like, yeah, it's it's definitely one of the kind of rest uh, chapters, you know, a, sort of a, a beat where not much really happens. Although he's like, Bayorn is like Tom Bombadil if Tom Bombadil had like weird aggro guy at the bar energy where you like can't tell how friendly he is or not. <laughs> Where like Tom Bombadil is so whimsical that, you know, he's just sort of like a force of nature himself. Whereas Baron is like, the first thing Gandalf says about him is like, you got to kind of like stay on this guy. He's a really, he's a really chill guy. You just need to like, remember that if he starts to freak out or something, which is like a bad energy to head into a, 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 a lodging situation with. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I personally think that when he was, when Tolkien was writing this chapter, and then when he starts writing Fellowship, he's like, I remember that guy from The Hobbit. Yeah. I'm going to amp it up about amp 20 up times 20, more. 20,000%. <laughs> and just make an even weirder dude. And just, and just have it be like even more of a house of nightmares of like, we don't know if this guy's going to kill us. We don't know if he's our friend or foe, but we're here at least and we're eating food. And that's all that yeah. matters to them in that there's point. There's some good food eating and there's some good <laughs> breakfast in this, uh, in this chapter. Mm-hmm. So they kick off things by um they they wake up and they're still I can't believe Bilbo is like still having this thought where he he wakes up and he's like where's my kettle and then he's like oh that's right I'm not in my hobbit hole anymore yeah Bilbo you gotta move on man you gotta get over it like it's you've like been on you've been on this journey for now yeah a month now <laughs> um and the eagles offer to give them a a what a flight a drive i don't know what i was gonna say offer to transport them whatever yeah Yeah. um and there's this moment where bilbo is he they're they're flying and his eyes are closed and he's so terrified and tolkien describe 
beautiful landscape description, of course, wouldn't be, you know, a Tolkien book without landscape description. And I thought it was, and then there's a moment where Bilbo opens his eyes and I thought it would be like, and then he looked around and saw it was beautiful and there was nothing to be afraid of. There were nice trees, yeah. Nope, he, it was like, he opened his eyes and immediately regretted it and then closed them again. (laughs) Yeah, still doesn't really want to be on this journey, uh, even though he's already gone through, so you guys just went, you went through the whole Misty Mountains thing right before this, right? Yeah, yeah, so to catch listeners up um, and remind them, we have uh, just gone through the mountains, we've escaped the goblins, Uh, Bilbo has the ring, and uh, they just, in the previous chapter, had escaped wargs and goblins because the eagles very conveniently decided to show up. <laughs> Those eagles. <laughs> they did. They love to do that. <laughs> um, and so they get to their destination kind of, I think it's, I think they said it's like south or I don't know. They're somewhere. Um, and I'm, I want to like use this as a way to part with my friends from here on out. The eagles say, farewell wherever you're, wherever you fare till your ears receive you at the journey's end. And then Gandalf replies, may the wind under your wings bear you where the sun sails and the moon walks. Love hey, that. Yeah, <laughs> they have a very poetic uh, little friendship, uh, Gandalf and the eagles. They're mm-hmm. always very, very, um, what's the word? They, they, they're uh, very lyrical in how they decide to communicate, even though they only kind of show up, you know every once in a while when they want uh, to yeah when they want to yeah it's a very conditional friendship that they have mm-hmm. but, you know they're eagles i guess they got bigger things to worry about or yeah not. i don't know it was um yeah it was really funny having like the context of the last chapter and then knowing what happens in lord of the rings um and being like wow so gandalf really does just like use the eagles whenever he's in a sticky situation oh yeah they're, they're like the friend that he hits up to drive him to the airport every time he needs to go somewhere and it's like if i were the eagles i would be annoyed because i don't what has gandalf done for them lately i'm not entirely Prob- sure yeah probably nothing yeah i have no clue what Ga- and uh, and again i don't know what he's up to in this chapter either because he mentions that he has um he has other pressing business to attend to and i'm like what what business what are you doing gandalf (laughs) the whole characterization of gandalf and the hobbit is a lot like pricklier and less reliable than he is in lord of the rings where he's such a sage wise old man you know uh with the i guess the stakes are higher in lord of the rings so maybe his high his eyes on the ball a little bit more um but in this one it always kind of freaked me out as a kid or, or kind of uh, concerned me as a kid this chapter especially where he just decides to kind of bounce yeah without telling you why um and uh obviously you know in the 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 expanded you know universe he's you know he's doing you know he's not going to like garden or whatever like he's doing stuff but at the time you're like dude you what's know, the if, point if you of keep this? bailing you on do? this then why are we then then uh you don't get mad when we mess stuff up basically is mm-hmm. is what I would always uh, think to myself. Yeah, I'm really I really love chaotic Gan- I've been calling him chaotic Gandalf. Great way to um, put it. And he he's just feeling like very chaotic neutral to me. Oh yeah. And and I just I love it. It makes me laugh so much. Um and 
Which I uh, I um, had like a prediction coming into The Hobbit because I had heard people say like, oh, you get, you know, you get to spend more time with Gandalf and he's not as serious. And I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. And it is very fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He just kind of, you know, he uh, from the from the from the jump, I mean, he kind of just shows up, tells you you're on an adventure and uh, refuses to give you any exposition until yeah. <laughs> like it's a bit too late. And the funniest uh, kind of part is when he that. like chastises Bilbo about being on the adventure. And I'm like, you're the he one that brought him. <laughs> a lot of time chastising everyone for not uh, doing things the way that he would do them, even though he's like the most enigmatic dude on the planet. Mm-hmm. Although when they when they arrive at um uh Bjorn's farm, um Bjorn Bjorn. So sure. yeah, so I listened to the audiobook to get the pronunciation. Um, Because that's spelled B-E-O-R-N. When Mm. I was reading it, I was saying it in my head, like, Bjorn. Yeah, it's a very very Scandinavian vibe. And the the audiobook pronounces it, yeah, Bjorn, which I think is the name of the baby carrier brand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sounds like an Ikea product. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Bjorn, 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 yeah, Bjorn. I, I don't know, however way you want to pronounce it, yeah. Well, once they get there and, you know, he says, hey, I'm Gandalf. Uh, I've brought some friends with me. And he doesn't know who Gandalf is. Uh, um, and he knows who Radagast the Brown is. Radagast the Brown, who's like the most random, you know, C-list wizard in, in all of literature. Uh, that was a huge red flag to me, like reading this as a kid. I was so spooked. It's like... Wait, you're, you you're telling me we're Gandalf. trusting this guy? You don't know who Gandalf is? Like, mm. clearly, you're not a, a major player in this uh, in this game. Um, so yeah, this is the fact that he was so indifferent to Gandalf's existence. Was like, man, I don't know if we're at the right house. Like, we should maybe wait till we get to a place where like people know who who Gandalf is, because mm-hmm. uh, historically, you know, people who don't know who we are don't like us very much. Yeah, kind of the vibe <laughs> so far in this journey. Yeah. And um, before before we get to that part, though, I do want to point out this one very quick throwaway line that I was just like, hang on, let's go back to that Tolkien. Um, so after the Eagles leave, it says Bilbo never saw them again, except high and far off in the battle of five armies. But as that comes in at the end of this tale, we will say no more about it just now. And that's it's it. so funny. I totally <laughs> yeah, I totally I forgot about that line. That is uh, is I guess, you know, he's he's teasing out, you know, he's keeping you on the on the line, you know, uh, trying to keep you invested, promising a big battle coming at some point. But it's such a that is such a random thing to bring up at this. Point, yeah. At this and point. yeah. And say no more about it. He does, because that's it. Yeah. You're just kind of like what the battle of what now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, he, he's a bit of a Gandalf. Gandalf uh, figure himself. He kind of lets you know stuff sometimes, and sometimes he's like, "Oh, well, you'll learn about that once when I tell you about it." Yeah, and not a but that's before. not important right now. What is that? Oh, that's in that's from the movie Airplane. That's it, where they're like, a "Hospital? What is it?" Well, it's a it's a building where you take <laughs> sick people, but that's not important right now. That's it. That's that is that is the vibe. I was like, "What? Is, what did I just quote?" Um. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, Gandalf mentions that he will be leaving them soon, and they're all really upset about it. And he does say, for a second, I thought he was just going to just peace out right then and there and be like, well, bye. Same, yeah. I, <laughs> but he, I, I kind of forgot how he'll long be there he sticks around. Days. Stuff, yeah, mm-hmm. A couple more days. And he says that they're nearby. Um, he says it's his friend, but, yeah, when we get there... 
And the way that he describes and like sets this up, he's like, okay, this dude is very like, we have to be cautious. We're going to go in two at a time. We're not going to startle him. He is a skin shifter is the phrase Tolkien uses here. Which sounds terrifying yeah. to me. Oh, it has a much more gruesome sound than it's. He just changes. He can. He's either a human or he's a big, big old bear. Or he's a bear, uh, yeah. Which is, uh, uh, you know, frightening to imagine. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in the same room as the guy. But skin, you know, skin changer is a very like. Oh, sounds more menacing when you put it like that. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was just kind of like, all right, so. We have this character who is a he's a shapeshifter of some kind and they don't really know much about him and like his myth, his mythology and like where he came from. And and he's talking and Gandalf is describing him and setting him up to have these like powers. And I'm like, so where was he in Lord of the Rings? What 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 where did he go? Tolkien yeah, that, just invented question. this. I mean, this dude he does, did nothing. He does have the characterization of someone who is really above above it all. Like he can barely be bothered to kind of like interact with the the outside world. Um, I mean, do they mention? Did they even mention him at all in Lord of the Rings? Looking at his yeah, that's what I was trying to think back on. It might. I feel like I recognize the name um, Bjorn, but I could not for the life of me like place it anywhere in the book um so it might there might have been an explanation for like oh this is why because they did they did this for tom bombadil where Mm -hmm. they're like the reason tom bombadil isn't gonna help us is because uh he lives in those woods for his his whole existence and he will only leave them if they're being burned down and he's dying you know like this isn't his his deal. And so I think there yeah. might have also been an explanation for why this seems to me not an all powerful, but he's very like mythical, legendary kind of a character. And then we later find out he has these other powers. And I'm like, we could we that might have been helpful. But oh, it definitely. seemed to me yeah. Tolkien was like, you know what? I'm just not going to touch it. <laughs> not going, no, we're not back. dipping back in that well. Yeah. <laughs> um. So... Yeah, they decide he he says that he thinks it's more Gandalf says he thinks it's more likely that this is a man who um, descended from the first men who lived before Smaug and the other dragons came into this part of the world and before the goblins came into the hills out of the north. So he's been around for a while and then he's like, all right, let's go meet him. (laughs) And none no, of the like, none what? of the dwarves or Bilbo are into this idea at all. I mean, they're obviously very tired from their their hazardous uh, journey, but the the general attitude amongst them is like he sounds like he sounds dangerous, and Gandalf is constantly just like, oh, "It's fine, it's fine. We go, you know, he's a we good go way dude. back. We're friends. We go way back. We're great friends. Yeah, he's real like unreliable friend taking you to a party you weren't invited to you know it's fine oh i know this guy he's a friend of mine friend of a friend brother of a friend. you know i yeah. know him from high school and it's it'll be great it'll be great when we get there and you're like i don't know if it's gonna be great man but yeah again anxious energy the whole way the whole way through yeah <laughs> and so they they start approaching and gandalf gives the instructions for the dwarves to uh wait five minutes and then come in in pairs and he tells who is it he tells bomber to wait to come in by himself because he's the fattest and i was like that's just rude rude (laughs) everyone's so rude to bomber all the time uh 
Um, and then as Gandalf and Bilbo are approaching, some of the horses go running off and Gandalf is like, oh, they went to go tell him that we're here. And it's just kind of like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what we're walking into, but it seems yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. And so they get there. Uh, standing near was a huge man with a thick black beard and hair and great bare arms and legs. I should say bear is spelled B-A-R-E. That's an oh, important, that's, or, that's an yeah. important distinction him, for right you now. You never know. Him. Yeah. yeah, you never know. Uh, and great bear arms and legs with knotted muscles. He was clothed in a tunic of wool down to his knees and was leaning on his large axe. So he's a big dude. He's a big dude. He's got Not like to be big lumberjack with. vibes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then he says, who are you and what do you want? And I'm like, Gandalf. <laughs> You Why? lied to us. Why did you do this? <laughs> I thought you were bros, and he doesn't even know who you are. Um, yeah, and so Gandalf has to be like, you've heard of Radagast, right? Well, I'm kind of like him. I'm also a wizard. Um, and, and he says something like, "Like, well, I guess Radagast is, he's okay, like, as far as wizards go or something. He's like, oh, so this guy doesn't even like wizards at all. You know, mm-hmm. he, not only does he not like Gandalf, he's naturally inclined not to trust Gandalf yeah. anyway. And um, he also says something similar, too, about dwarves. Um, when the dwarves start showing up, he's like, well, I don't normally like dwarves, but it seems like you guys are OK. So and it's like, I don't know. But and that was, the, that was even before all of them walk in. So it's like, how is he oh, going to yeah. feel when 10 more show 13 up? 13 of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, I just had the thought of like thinking about how Gandalf told the dwarves to stagger their entrances here. I wonder if he told them that when they were showing up at Bilbo's house, <laughs> when he was like, "Hey guys, it's going to be really funny if we mess with Bilbo." <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna ease into this. <laughs> it's going to be really hilarious. All of you guys just show up, you know, one by one, stagger your stagger your uh, entrances if you can. And then I'll show up at the very end and he'll just be, it'll be so funny. It'll be funny for me. It won't be funny He'll be for more Bilbo. inclined to help us if we confuse and alienate him from yeah. the moment that we start. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, and so Gandalf explains that they are passing through and they're trying to get to the Misty Mountains. Um, and he keeps... I love how Gandalf is being deliberately vague and he's like, yeah, me and my friends. And he's yeah. like, friends? That, but you only have one person here. He's like, oh, I have one oh, or two well, more waiting funny back you mention there. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just keeps uh, teasing it out. And uh, he starts te- and Bjorn is like, okay, well, why don't you tell me what happened? And so he start. I love how this plays out where Gandalf starts telling the story of the goblins and and them escaping and everything. And as he's mentioning, you know, dwarves or friends or the, you know, our group. And he's and Bjorn is like, group, there's only five of you. Yeah. yeah. Gandalf's another, like, funny you mention it. In. Yeah. <laughs> it's very clever. I mean, it's classic trickstery Gandalf tactic. Um, so you got to respect it, even though I would not like to be on the receiving end of, of that kind of energy. Yeah. It's... um. It's the kind of thing where I, I feel like there were some some characters in, in Harry Potter that were described as as, as doing this or, or having this characteristic where like they are like talking and they're talking you into something and you're agreeing to it. 
before you even like realize what's happening and then they're already by the time you realize what's happened they're already gone and they've walked away yes totally can't remember like specifics but i feel like that i feel like that was some of yeah just like harry getting into like situations because he like doesn't exactly understand what's going on because whoever is talking to him is just so is like being deliberately uh misleading um, yeah in their deceitful yeah. And, and whatnot yeah yeah um, and so eventually all of the dwarves come in and Bjorn is like, well, I can't even be mad that you lied to me about the fact that there's, you know, a baker's dozen dwarves. Yeah. Uh, I think there's 13. I can't yeah. remember. I can never keep straight how many dwarves there are. I thought it was 12 up until this chapter, but apparently I think it's 13. <laughs> I think it's 13. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so Bjorn is like, well, okay, that was a pretty fun story. So I guess I'll let you guys stay, especially since you escaped the goblins. And I hate those guys. So, Which is the first indication that it's like, okay, well, he can't be that bad. You know, that, that's the, the first reassuring moment in this entire exchange that they get is like, oh, he hates goblins. We famously hate goblins too. You know, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Kind exactly. Of situation. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty much just looking to connect with anyone who's not going to team up with the goblins at this point. <laughs> looking to link up with like minded professionals in the South Middle Earth. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're on LinkedIn. You know, they're ready, ready to connect. Exactly. So, yeah. So then Bjorn um, invites them all in to have uh, to have dinner. And he's like, well, I guess you can say a little bit. Um, and this is where a lot more of the like magical elements come into play that yeah. kind of kind of lost me almost because I because it's so different from what I know of like the magic and the, the fantasy elements from Lord of the Rings. Sure, yeah. Um is so different. So they they sit down for, for dinner and they walk in and there are uh, Bjorn is commanding uh like sheep and dogs and I think at one point it even says like, yeah, ponies yeah. to do all this stuff for him. And some of them, I think it says that like the dogs are walking on their hind legs and carrying stuff with their front <laughs> paws and they're serving everyone. And I'm like, yeah, it's like Fantasia or something. And you're like, what's going on? <laughs> well, it's happening. This is very, um, I don't know, kind of Narnia, maybe even yeah, for, for me. Yeah very like a lot more magical than just like fantasy i don't know if that makes sense sure sure no totally totally um and uh again this is where i was like these superpowers would have come in handy in the the war of the ring yeah absolutely if you had showed up to help maybe command a couple nearby wolves or or whatever but talk to talk to some other bears if they're into it get them involved that would have been cool but them loop them in you know if you want to stay, you know, if you want to stay up uh, in your cabin, fine. but you know, hi- hindsight is twenty twenty. It was a stressful situation for everyone, so you know, you know, we don't want to be. Uh, uh, what's the phrase? Like a Monday or like Monday morning coach? What is it when you're when you're coaching the game after it's been played? You know what I'm talking about? Am no, I making this I can't up? Say well, I, I do. This up. I'm not a. You look it up because I'm also. I'm not a sports person. Well, sports neither than I and. <laughs> A Monday morning quarterback. That's that's yeah. That's the uh, that's the phrase. Oh, I have never heard that phrase before. It's sort of like a backseat driver, I guess, for someone who's like, well, if I was in that situation, I would have done. X, gotcha. Y, and Z. Okay, I um, gotcha. I gotcha. Oh yeah. Okay. But I get it. Now. That said, it would have been nice to have him involved in the War of the Ring for sure. Yeah. 
Also would have been nice to have Tom Bombadil, whatever. My theory is just that Tolkien had so much fun making these insane, like, powerful characters and then was like, oh, made them too powerful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's my bad. <laughs> Doesn't Tom Bombadil get offered the the One Ring? So like, do you just want to do this for us? And he's like, nah. <laughs> That's the thing I just always come back to that just makes me laugh so much is because he takes the ring like from Frodo because they're like, oh, look what we have. And then he does. He puts the ring on. He doesn't turn invisible. And everyone's just like, "Okay, Whoa. Not not expected. (laughs) What? (laughs) And then he does sleight of hand magic with it. He like he does something where like he pulls it from behind like Frodo's ear. What a freak! Yeah, and and they're like, everyone's freaked out about this ring as as it is. Oh man! And then Tolkien was like, "Nah, I think I'm just gonna leave him in his woods." (laughs) To honestly, as long as he's happy, as long as he and Goldberry are happy, he and his wife, yeah, yeah. And I actually, yeah, I did write that. Just speaking of which, that was my note here as they're like sitting down having dinner. These little literal animals are serving them. Um, uh, uh, I, I wrote down, what is it with Tolkien using these enigmatic, enigmatic characters that we never see again to provide places of refuge? It's just, I guess, his thing. Yeah, the only one who really comes back in a big way is, is Elrond, mm-hmm. um, who slightly more reliable, uh, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, I mean, he's a weird guy, too, for sure. He's got his yeah. own weird stuff going on. But if I had to pick one of the places that they've been so far to like hang out Elrond would be the the, the place yeah sure. I would say I would say um yeah Rivendell as well yeah um the last homely house and and the elves and everything um because yeah. the the elves are very at least in the books are very like fun to be around versus sure yeah they're they're like a little pretentious but like in a in a nice way you know yeah. like they 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 don't freak you out you know they don't have animals serving you food yeah and there's and not, not constantly um, threatening to turn into a bear and eat you yeah you know if you don't do something they like <laughs> so they have that going for them yeah um and then uh speaking of oh wait so um yeah so they all they all sit down and, and eat dinner and the the dwarves sing a song of course they have to sing a song um naturally and then before they go to bed, oh, this is what I was going to, that's right, that's right. So at some point it notes um, that there's, it just says, the great door had creaked and slammed, Bjorn was gone. So I like that he just he's left. Yeah, he's, he's on like, his own you guys schedule, you know. I got yeah. things to do. <laughs> I got bear things to do. Got bear activities. Yeah. <laughs> this time he does mean B-E-A-R. B-E-A-R. Not B-E-A-R. <laughs> And he's the only person you have to really make that distinction with because it could really be either, yeah. either one. Yeah, on an audio podcast, that's pretty important. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, the, before they all go to bed, um, Gandalf says, uh, apparently Bjorn told them before he left. I don't know if I, I, I might have missed it if he said it or if this is just like Gandalf saying it and this is the first time we're hearing it he says you must not stray outside until the sun is up on your peril and i'm like well that's terrifying (laughs) there's all these rules you know it's very fairy tale-esque you know it's like like there's we can't just hang out and have a nice dinner and go to bed there's got to be this looming threat of like if you do one thing wrong you'll die it's you know 
it's all about peril and you know mm-hmm. which is not the way i like to relax and not the way that bilbo likes to relax because he has a very hard time relaxing throughout the rest of this chapter even though you know the his situation is relatively good now he's constantly worried about being eaten by a bear as soon as he falls asleep and <laughs> has a hard has a hard time dozing off as would i to be yeah. totally honest yeah and at one point it mentions that he hears um uh, yeah, it says there was a growling sound outside and a noise as of some great animal scuffing at the door. <laughs> um, and then it says he dived under the blankets and hid his head and fell asleep again at last in spite of his fears. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that like Bjorn is out there having like a bear fight <laughs> uh, is all I can imagine. Sounds is like a bear fight. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a bear fight to me. Um, I also just... It's just just the concept that they can't go out um, at night until the sun is up is very, um, I don't know, kind of like horror movie trope. I don't know, you know, something like that where like, I don't know, outside is cursed or something or. Yeah, it's a a bit of a this whole farm has a bit of a haunted house vibe. You know, it's not not quite as um, malevolent, but it is definitely like. This is a spooky place, so you gotta treat it delicately. Yeah, and, do. and it's um, and then <laughs> sorry, I just laughed because I read this line. Because the uh, so the next morning, Bilbo wakes up because Bofur rolls over on him. But then Bofur <laughs> says, "Get up, lazy bones, or there will be no bre- breakfast left for you." And just once again, they're just always so mean to Bilbo. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, oh, is there breakfast? And they're like, no, yeah, in our all. stomachs because we ate it all. <laughs> it's like why didn't you just wake him up a little bit earlier you know, I know he, yeah. he didn't know they're just so mean to him um and gandalf comes in uh la- oh the whole day passes that's what happens the whole day passes and they're just like lounging around eating and uh gandalf shows up again and they're like where were you where's bjorn and he's like well that's a good question and then he puts on a smoke ring show that's right he won't stop smoking yeah he's just obsessed with it uh and they're like waiting with bated breath we're like, like dude we're really curious uh-huh. to hear what is up and he's like man don't you just love smoke rings here's another one like he's doing them in um he's doing them in all these different colors uh which is cool i mean I, you know i have to give him credit for that but again his timing is his his not his strong suit like well no i think he definitely did this very deliberately where he's like well that's an interesting story oh you think Uh, he's messing with them yeah and then he decides to put on this show where he's doing like little ones and and big smoke rings and (laughs) they're blue and green and red and silver and and all this other stuff and i think yeah i think he's just like this is fun for me (laughs) yeah yeah that sounds about right um and so Gandalf says that he's been picking out bear tracks. And so he's been outside tracking Bjorn all day um, and followed them up into the ma- He basically just walked up into the mountains um, and was just walking around the mountains all day. And I'm like, all right, Gandalf, if that's what you want to do with your free time. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, like, no, like, because Bjorn's off basically verifying this story that he was told last night doesn't trust them until he hears it and then he comes back and is like hey you know it was a good story on its own merits but it's an even better one now that i know that you weren't lying to me so now we're boys and we can hang out for the rest of the day and tell crack jokes and have like a a rowdy old time Mm -hmm. um 
but it's just very high maintenance of him to be like, oh, I have to go verify it myself. And Gandalf's like, well, I have to go verify that he's verifying it. Verifying myself. it. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, can we just take each other at our word and move yeah. on? Um, and so, uh, when, yeah, when they wake up the next morning, uh, Bjorn has returned and says that he went to go basically fact check their story, which I appreciate yeah. in the, you know, 2021 people sharing things they've never even read on Facebook. And they're yeah. like, yeah, Bjorn's like democracy dies in darkness. You know, you got to like shine a light on this stuff. So as excessive as it is, I do appreciate <laughs> the, the effort that Bjorn went because he tells this whole story about like, well, I tracked up this hill and then I followed these tracks and then I came across some goblins and wargs and then I talked to them and I found out you were right. Congratulations, you weren't lying. Um, and I'm like, you and know, the, we should have more of that energy. Then the dwarves are like, uh, oh, so what, ha- what, happened when, what happened when you what ran happened? into the goblins? And he's like, that's a great question. Let's all go Come outside look. and take a look. Field trip. <laughs> there's just a severed head yeah. out in the garden. Like, does that yeah, answer there's your question? A, yeah, there's a severed goblin <laughs> head, head on like a pike um, and then uh, the like pelt of the warg. And they're all just like, OK, glad right, we're, glad we're not on your bad side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just a very extra way of communicating all of this stuff to them. But, you know, that's that's the style. That's the style. He's a very interesting man. He's on theme. Feeling. He's very on theme the whole mm-hmm. time. So credit, I think he's just too. like the epitome of like. Man, like manly man going to live in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, just no, exactly. to the ultimate extreme. <laughs> um, all right, let's see what happens next. Oh, they leave basically is what happens. That's next. it. Yeah. Um, so they they do kind of lounge around for a couple more days. Again, Tolkien and the pacing in The Hobbit is no just so different. No rush. Yeah. Um, whereas like in the, in the Lord of the Rings, he would have like told us every detail of these days, but, but here he's like, they sat around for a couple days. Yeah. They told some stories. The energy got a little less scary. So that was not, he he wants to, you know, that they knew Bjorn wasn't going to kill them. Yeah. Now that they're like 80% sure he's not going to kill them as opposed to 50, 50. Yeah. They Um, could relax a bit. But uh, he's nice enough to, is the next thing that happens that he gives them like some ponies and stuff? Yeah, he he fills up uh, like all of their supplies that they lost, gives them new ponies because listeners need to remind you, the goblins ate the ponies, which is such a bummer, a detail that I will never forgive Tolkien because it's something that we didn't need to know. We didn't need to know that. Yeah, no, they could have just lost the ponies, you know, and I'm like, (laughs) why would you tell us that? (laughs) I don't want to know that. But he gives he does give them all this stuff with a huge asterisk, which is he's not very chill about lending people stuff or he seems like he is. But then immediately Gandalf is like, oh, yeah, don't gotta, try and steal these ponies. Like, yeah, we got to return the ponies, return. but not me. Um, not me. But but not me. You guys have to return I'm, the ponies. I'm different. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And um, he tells them about the, the path that they're going to go on because the. The pl- their earlier plan was to like go south or something um, and he was like oh no that way uh, there are more goblins that way 
Um, and this is also this is all tinged with when he came back from tracking down that goblin and warg. He reported back that the wargs and the goblins are still looking for them um, yeah. because they killed uh, their leader. The, the great goblin. The great the, goblin. The big guy. And I keep wanting to say the green goblin, but that's a different franchise. Um, Though if he showed goblin. up, I, w- I mean, that would be <laughs> that would chaotic. Be surprising. I would, yeah. <laughs> that would be surprising. I will give him credit. I wouldn't expect that, Plot especially twist, on a yeah. reread. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the goblins and wargs are still after them, so it's very important for them to take the safest path possible. So Bjorn advises them to, like, go north or whatever and then take this one path through Mirkwood. And he starts describing it. He's like, it's a very dark place. Like, there's shadows in there. It's the spookiest forest you'll ever step foot in. Have fun. And then he just (laughs) passes. Um, and like the way he describes it, I was like, he's making this sound like it's the Forbidden Forest from Harry Potter. But totally. isn't Mirkwood where Legolas is from? Yeah, but I think uh, the the elves who live there are, are they way chill? less chill. The oh. way less chill than oh. that. Like the Elrond, oh, you know, the yikes. Rivendell elves are kind of like, yeah, they're a little um, elitist maybe, but you know, they're they're basically they're friendly and 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 you can have a good time hanging out with them but the the Mirkwood elves are like you know they're not a good hang from what okay. I okay all right okay I got that because I was like but but that's where the elves are he's making it sound like there's you know demons in there but uh, apparently there are G- great fun I'm sure that won't be a problem <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't remember exactly what happens, but I believe the next chapter, no spoilers, is they stay on the path and then yeah, stay on uh, the path. Yeah, walk to the other. They walk to the other side of the forest and then they continue on their no journey. Challenges. I'm pretty yeah. sure. No, no, no challenges. Troubles. No trials. No yeah. tri- uh, tribulations. You know, none of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tribulations. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. That's the other thing that Bjorn mentions several times. He's like, "Listen to me. It's very important. You stay on the path." And I'm like. Okay, so Bilbo is going to go off the path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is what's going to happen. Or yeah, or someone, it, but I'm I, I'm as, just assuming it'll be Bilbo. Yeah, it's uh I'm very I'm excited for you to read this next chapter. You know, I was going to say you don't have to yeah, yeah, you complete the 5th. You can just remain silent and not respond to that at all. But <laughs> yeah, I'm I'll like do, I'll I'll do that. The way to ensure that um that your characters are going to go off the path is to mention at least three times in this chapter, stay on Six, the path. Six, seven, yeah. ten times, stay on the path, yeah. Multiple times. Multiple times. Um, but not Gandalf, who bounces um, yeah. <laughs> again. Uh, yeah, so they they peace out. They say, got, they say goodbye to Bjorn. Um, and uh, there's like a... Cla- I mean, Tolkien, he can't keep it like... He can't stop himself. There's like a good page and a half of like descriptions of traveling and my eyes glazed over and I had to does read it, it four Does it dip times. into verse at this point? I feel like he starts rhyming when I'm when I'm not expecting it and I'm like, what's going Maybe. on? Maybe. Honestly, I don't remember because my, let me see. Because he get he does get very. This is also where he gets like very poetic with his language. Sure, um, yeah. Again, can't help it. The sun is 
is golden. Oh, this was like, real. this is so creepy. It says, but in the evening when the dust came on and the peaks of the mountains glowered again, or glowered, I never know how to say that word, um, glowered against the sunset, they made a camp and set a guard and most of them slept uneasily with dreams in which there were, in which there came the howl of hunting wolves and the cries of goblins. It's so That's funny. Fun. I mean, like the Hobbit has the, the reputation in in the culture of being like oh it's like the lord of the rings but it's like you know it's the kid-friendly version it's the it's the much more playful and funnier one which is true to a certain extent like it's 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 the hobbit is not really concerned with geopolitics to the same degree that the lord of the rings uh is but it's it's definitely he's trying to you know he is trying to scare you like it does have in even in resting moments like this like he's trying trying to remind you that like oh this is this section of the book is a little bit more dangerous even than the last section of the book so don't let your guard down boys mm-hmm. and girls you know yeah danger's coming danger's it's real coming fun. um and this is what so when they get to Mirkwood um or the the entrance of Mirkwood after I think it's been four four or five days of traveling uh this is when uh, Gandalf is like okay guys it's time to send your ponies back and they're like oh do we have to and he's like yes because um, as Bilbo noticed, I forgot. I forgot to mention at one point, Bilbo um, mentions to Gandalf, like, "Hey, was that not like a is black that, looming shape is in that the shadows? Bear shaped shadow? Does that have anything to do with the guy who turns into a bear who we've been hanging out with? Or is like that a real bear that's gonna kill us? Uh, and I believe. Oh wait, let me find it because I believe. Yeah, and then Gandalf just responds, "Hush, take no notice." <laughs> just the fact that Gandalf's like, eh, "Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't stress." Uh, and yeah so Gandalf mentions he's like no we have to send the ponies back because Bjorn didn't trust us uh, and he followed us um, because he didn't believe that you would send the, send the ponies back and he was kind of right because you don't want to and if I wasn't here you would have kept them yeah. <laughs> um, and then they're like well what about yours and he's like well I well, don't have to send mine back because I'm I'm not going me. with you <laughs> Uh, he's like, well, I'm going to keep riding on. And I'm like, so are you stealing this horse or did Bjorn give you permission to to take this with you? Because um, Gandalf, we learn in, in Lord of the Rings, Gandalf has a habit of just taking horses from people. Yeah. No, he plays fast and loose with horse ownership throughout the uh, throughout his appearances. Um, but yeah, he doesn't trouble us with the details here, you know? It's none of our business, I guess. I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious, but I guess it's not really uh, not information that's meant for us. But. Yeah, and I like how um like brief and like kind of not snippy, but uh, again, just like the the like dry humor that the Hobbit has. Um, they say, yeah, Thorin says you don't mention sending that back. I don't be or I don't because I am not sending it. What about your promise then? I will look after that. I am not sending the horse back. I am riding it. And he's just like, well, I'm not sending it back because how else would I get to where I'm going? You're being Sil- difficult, Gandalf. Silly dwarves. You're being deliberately difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he goes into a speech, which is which is not comforting at all. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no. goodbye, everyone. Uh, we may meet again before all is over. And then again, and then again, of course, we may not. That depends on your luck and on your courage and sense. Um, and then he says, think of the treasure at the end. 
And forget the forest and the dragon at any rate until tomorrow morning. So I love that he's like, just think of the treasure and not the dark, terrifying forest and the dragon. Okay, bye. Yeah, later. <laughs> and he's off. Uh, and, and, and Bilbo, is it the con- it's the conversation with Gandalf where one of them is like, is there any, ch- like, just just triple checking. Is there any chance we could go around this spooky forest? Like, it's like, yeah, if you want to. You know, if you want to die 200, 200 miles going the wrong way, <laughs> or do you want to go up to the necromancer, Bilbo? Does that sound better, more fun? Bilbo's no, like, great, didn't have to go in that forest. Moment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gandalf does. He's like, I mean, you can go north or south. Yes, he does mention, um, he says, uh, before you could get round round it in the south, you would get into that land of the necromancer. And even you, Bilbo, won't need me to tell you the tales of that black sorcerer. I don't advise you to go anywhere near the places overlooked by his dark tower. I'm sure we won't have to worry about that. No, ever. yeah, enough said. No, nah, into the forest. To. I'm sure the the tower and whoever this dark entity shadow land. Yeah, it's ringing a bell, but I'm sure he's not doing his own thing. Um, we don't need to worry about him. Um, and then Thorin says to Gandalf exactly what I was, literally exactly what I wrote down. He says, very comforting, you are to be sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then he's like, kindly leave now because you're annoying me. And yeah. if you have nothing kind or, or helpful to say, then I just Best don't want to not to say you anything anymore. at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and so Gandalf gallops away. And then I love this note because um, it, it says that he uh, needed to have the last word. So he turns back around and says, don't leave the path. Yes. Thank you, Gandalf. We got that. <laughs> yep. Um, and so the dwarves and, and, and Bilbo are all very upset because now they're all on their own. And they enter this dark forest of mirkwood yeah it says um they each shouldered the heavy packs and water skin which the which was their share and turned from the light that lay on the lands outside and plunged into the forest i like that word plunged because it's like they're yeah it's a great cliffhanger moment you know diving into darkness and i don't know so the the title of the next chapter is flies and spiders uh which sounds real fun (laughs) yeah maybe it's a metaphor maybe maybe it's literal i don't know oh geez not for me to say and um the thing is that i my you know context from lord of the rings just just thinking of spiders i'm like oh shelob i'm sure this chapter will have lots of fun stuff um listeners can't see but i'm making a a sort of a a sort of tight-lipped oh well wide-eyed We'll see. Can't say. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a metaphor, and I also wouldn't be surprised if it was literal um, chapter title um, based he on likes, the Tolkien. He likes both. <laughs> He's a fan of both the thuddingly literal and the totally abstracted and unhelpful uh, uh, analogy. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, need I remind everyone of in in Return of the King? I got spoiled by Tolkien's own book because there is a chapter title called The Pyre of Denethor. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. There you have it. Um, well, is there anything we uh, missed in the chapter that you wanted to uh, talk about or, or point out? Um, the only thing that stood out to me uh, rereading it was um, not any, unless I'm mistaken, not any one ring uh, or magic ring talk in this chapter. Yeah, right? I was thinking about that up. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, cause it, it, it is in the last chapter, if I recall correctly, it's a big, 
big part of the the last chapter um, during their thrilling escape, right? Yeah. Um, so the previous chapter, wait, where are we? So two chapters ago is the chapter where Bilbo gets the ring and he and Gollum have the the riddle the game. riddle riddle match. Yeah. And then um, the chapter after that, so the one before this one was Bilbo <laughs> Bilbo comes out of the caves and just happens to stumble upon the dwarves and Gandalf um and he has the ring on and uh is like I'm going to surprise them um but first does stinker. some like yeah. eavesdropping so that he can listen to them talking about him um and then they're like how did you get out of there and he just decides not to say anything but Gandalf still gives him a look of like I think you're oh, you're no. hiding something. Yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure that won't be a problem. Mm. <laughs> That's future no. Gandalf's problem. <laughs> that is that is definitely future Gandalf's problem. Uh, future everybody's problem, honestly. So yeah, but <laughs> but we don't need to worry about that now. All we need to worry about is Mirkwood and whatever flies and spiders fly inside. So. Um, well, we are at the end of the chapter discussion. Graham, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, what would you like to uh, plug or, or share with our audience and, and where can people find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me you can find me on Twitter um, uh, which my handle is just my my name with eights instead of A's and uh, threes instead of E's decided to make it difficult for myself and for other people. Um, and I've been paying the price ever since. but, uh, that's where people can find me and that's where I spend unfortunately most of my time so yeah I feel that I feel that um, unfortunately that's where I yeah. spend most of my time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. feel it very heavily that's what I'm talking about is a proud member of WBNE. you can learn more about the network by going to WBNE.org, where you will find all of our shows like Curly Critics hi I'm Carrie and I'm Jade and we're the Curly Critics we talk books movies and TV shows and whatever else we want to talk about don't forget musicals we're just two childhood best friends who got bored during the pandemic and decided to create a podcast. Join us as we talk Star Wars, our high school English teacher, our collective childhoods, and of course, pineapples. You know that's right. Listen every other Monday wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to have a magical day. The cover art is by Graphite, aka Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash pod or following the link in the episode description. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod, and you can also join the Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsUp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can support the podcast by going to Patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod and becoming a patron. There are different tiers and perks like you can join our Discord for $3 a month. That one I recommend a lot. Or you can become a sponsor of the podcast like Alan. Alan, thank you so much for being a continued sponsor of the podcast. I appreciate your support very much. And as always, if you like what you're listening to, please rate and review. All right. All that being said, do you have any parting words for the audience? Uh, I mean... Uh, don't stray from the path uh, uh return any ponies that are lent to you uh in within a reasonable amount of time um uh and i'm trying to think of any other words of advice uh have fun with the next chapter it's uh, it's totally normal and nothing goes wrong <laughs> and no um, one so, strays from the path definitely. yeah no one strays from no the path so don't worry path. about that uh but uh, yeah so so it's just a good a good chapter about how good things come to people who uh, take the advice not to stray from the path. 
and everyone learns a positive reinforcement lesson from that experience. Um, so it's kind of boring, actually. So you might want to actually oh, skip, skip along okay. to chapter nine. You won't miss anything. Yeah. Awesome. Great, great, great. And that's what I'm talking about.